know where this is going. You know how it's going to end, especially if you've checked out our InsaneRadioDeals.com fast take at Fast Lane Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So all the complaints that are out there about Major League Baseball and the playoffs, which, I mean, for me, it's extremely entertaining. It's the one time of year where I actually care about baseball. Hurtful. But, I mean, look, it just is what it is. 162-game season is ridiculously long. It's because you stay constantly tuned in to the Foul Ball Area Podcast, so you stay updated throughout the season. I mean, they, they do help me at the Foul Ball Area Podcast to the point where I don't have to watch every regular season game to know what's actually going on. So New episode out right now. You know, it's a blessing, and you can check it out. ALCS and NLCS preview episode and Division Around Recap episode out Ed will right feel now. really good about it because fe- he gets to listen to, like— this is an episode I didn't talk much. It was like ten minutes of hearing a Braves fan suffer and Matt, which you can you you will enjoy. Well, it does bring up a bigger point though, and that's what we opined on. So there's this theory out there that because Major League Baseball and yes, the Braves and Orioles are of local interest, and they are two of the three teams that had the four best records in Major League Baseball and were bounced. In, excuse me, five best records in Major League Baseball. All, all five got all eliminated. All five teams with the One best records in Major League Baseball got eliminated. The closest to advance, the Houston Astros, out of that bunch. That is how random, if that's what you want to term it, the Major League Baseball postseason is. And there are people that are upset by that, that it devalues the regular season. So here are things that are not going to happen. You're not shortening the regular season from 162 games to Fewer than 162 games. Why? Fewer games means fewer touch points for TV. Dollar, dollar, bills, y'all. And at the gate. Dollar, dollar, bills, y'all. Including the amount of money that comes in at venues like the Oakland A's, for however long they're in Oakland, the Kansas City Royals, and the Tampa Bay Rays, who can't draw even with a good team uh, over the last two decades, because that venue is also not very well regarded. And let's just move that team. So let let's put that point out there. But here's the other thing that's not going to happen. I get the B-hags out there, the big, hairy, audacious goal people. Oh, this is a great idea. How about we give teams a one-game-to-nothing lead? Look, that idea may sound great and fun and theory and, you know, business theory class. Try pitching that to multi-millionaires and multi-billionaires because it's not just the owners who have a vested interest. It's the players' union, Scott Boris and company, because let's be honest, he, the super agent, basically has the puppet strings for a, a high volume of the highest paid, highest priced superstars in Major League Baseball who get that money. Are they really going to take the potential dollar, dollar bills, y'all, off the table by guaranteeing anybody a one game to nothing advantage in the series? No. So ideas, people who get excited about ideas, let's throw that one out there. You know how this is going to end, right? It's the same way the NBA postseason has evolved, if that's the term you want to use it. And I'd say it's less about the fact that Major League Baseball wants what the NBA wants, which is to guarantee its superstars advancing deeper. The NBA wanted that. That's why they went from a best three out of five opening round to a best four out of seven opening round. You will get the occasional Warriors over the Mavericks like 15 years ago. You'll get the occasional Miami Heat over the Milwaukee Bucks. But more often than not, you get a lot of four to nothing, four to one series where the best teams win. Now, baseball is different. Time off. Does not work well for a sport where the rhythms and the ebbs and the flows are so well regarded in that particular business. So so let's not kid ourselves. But they're going to four out of seven if that's the thing you're upset about and that's the hill on which people want to die that the postseason's unfair. Because four games out of seven means you get at least four games, possibly upwards of seven. 
Three out of five means you get only at least three games, possibly as few as five. It doesn't take me and my VES education to realize that four out of seven means more dollar, dollar bills, y'all. The best three out of five. So for all the complaining, for all the let's go with this fun, creative idea stuff, let's get back to reality here. Take your fan hat off and put your business hat on, particularly business people who want like the, the baseball fun and the great bags, but often know in the back of their minds that they too do what owners do, which is make the decision based on dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Not based on tradition, not based on what the fans really may want, not based on what creates the most compelling, tension-filled product. Same thing with college football, whether it's conference realignment or the playoffs expanding from two teams to a 14 playoff to a 12-team playoff, and I will continue to say at some point, it'll get up to 16 teams because that means more dollar, dollar bills, y'all. And as long as there's a path to it, that's the route they're going to go. Trey, it doesn't take me and my 1110 SAT because I checked off a bunch of boxes as opposed to omitting a bunch of questions. I just figured, you know, what the heck with the SAT? You know, I got 1050, 1050, and, you know, I got a 1050. Did the strategy of, well, if you can not get it down to an either or, two out of, if you can't eliminate two out of the four, then don't guess. I, look, I looked at that thing and I'm like, this is the stupidest damn strategy on the planet. Like, it's the, it literally is the dumbest strategy. One correct answer is worth one point. Three wrong answers are worth minus 0.25 points. So if I get one out of four correct, I am up plus 0.25. If I keep doing that again and again and again and again, I have a chance to win. It doesn't take me with that simplistic math mind to figure out where this is going to go in Major League Baseball, much like it's gone that way in the NBA, much like the NFL playoffs have expanded, the college football playoffs will expand, water down product, you know, throw that out the window. Tradition, throw that out the window. Every single billionaire and person that's in charge of a multi-million dollar or a billion dollar business, number one priority is dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Am I right or wrong, Trey? Yeah, well, if you want to go by tradition, it used to be whoever had the best record in the American League in the regular season took on the whoever had the best record in the National League, and that was your World Series. Or you would have the best two teams play in the ALCS at the end of the year, and that was your playoffs, and the best two teams in the National League play each other in the in LCS, and you only had that round. Um, I agree with you that it's going to go seven games. I mentioned this on the podcast. I think they should expand it to eight because I think the bigger problem is not the five game series. It is the week off that these, you know, the top two seats have because the Phillies are a really good baseball team are very close to the Philadelphia, to the Atlanta Braves. Well, they could, they could keep playing and having a week off after a 162 game season is a huge, it's huge. You and, and especially in baseball, it's not like football, you know, or even basketball to some degree. Baseball is so much based on rhythm and timing and and staying in a rhythm that not playing it in as we've gone to this format basically in the last three years since you know post COVID year, um, it, it has proven that it's been bad for the top seeded teams. That's why you've seen you know, runs like this. That's why the Phillies made the World Series last year. You know, that's why, you know, the the Braves and the Dodgers had two of the best lineups in all of baseball. They still do. And they were they had no offense in the playoffs. Like, the Braves set the MLB record for home runs in the first inning. They had, like, two hits in the entire series. Like, that, that was, like, the big problem is that if you want to address something, it's the week off in between is just, it takes these teams out of rhythm. And I get the idea of, you know, resting. It makes sense. Look at football. Like, it it works well for football. 
it appears it has not worked well for baseball. It hasn't, but it's the reality of the sport that, you know, yes. Because even the Astros lost game one. But I will add on to your point, Trey, as we get ready to transition from this to Virginia Tech and getting into what he said and what he meant. That inevitably, they'll expand to add eight teams, like you mentioned, uh, you know, per side. Because, again, that means more teams, more games, and more. Dollar, dollar, bills, y'all. Which is inevitably what always drives the decision, whether it should or not. There is just a long track record of multi-million dollar and billion dollar enterprises making those types of decisions. Now, time for what he said and what he meant. Specifically, Virginia Tech into a big game this coming weekend that happens to be game two of our CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg college football triple header tomorrow. Nothing beats an insightful press conference. I think I realized we got a long way to go. You know, uh, we definitely did some good things and we did some things that we, we want to take back. We left some yards and some points out there on the field, but for the first time coming out uh, and to get a dub is really a blessing and we were just happy to have that. That's why you need so-called experts to decipher what's really being said. It's nothing about the past, nothing about the future. It's right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. It's time for what he said and what he meant. True insight into all the cliches and coach speak. So the Virginia Tech Hokies, you can look back on that game against Florida State. And yes, Wake Forest is obviously a different team, as we'll find out tomorrow. Uh, And Virginia Tech hopes that they are when they square off against the Demon Deacons, a 3.30 kick on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. But Brent Pry said something interesting. That they dug a hole, and it took them that point to realize that they could play out of it. Yeah, it was a horrible start. You know, and it starts with me. We didn't play well, and they're good. And uh, you can't start the game that way. I thought uh, we did some things that uh, I'm not expecting us to do at this point early in the game. I don't know if we really didn't believe we could beat them or play with them, that we had to dig us us in a hole to figure that out. You know, that's on me. We got to be better there. Got to start the game better, especially against a good team at their place. Brent Pry saying that. Reiterating that that's what the fans want to hear. The reality is, there have been too many instances of this happening. Virginia Tech against Purdue fell down 7-0. It became 17-0 after the weather delay. Virginia Tech against Rutgers, quickly fumbling within the first minute and change of the game. They're down 7-0. Also in this game, falling down again too quickly. And then by the time they put points together, it's the old JoJo treatment. And you don't ever want to be there. But here's the other thing. And, and I get this. Virginia Tech played well after the first quarter. And a lot of people mention Brent Pry is focused on that. I actually think he was pretty forthcoming. In the postgame show that you hear, as you always do, on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, reiterating the value of understanding that they were in the game, but it still doesn't sugarcoat that they fell behind early. Yeah, you know, and that's the encouraging piece. But, you know, we got to be a team that's beyond that. Um, we did a lot of good things. There'll be good things on this film that, uh, that we can be proud of. But we got to be accountable for the miscues and the things we didn't do. What Brent Pry is basically saying, as he did and does regularly in the post-game show on the Virginia Tech Sports Network that you hear on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and VTR in Southside 106.3. What Brent Pry is basically saying is, we're not settling for moral victories. Something that's important enough to the point where he actually reiterated that. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, it's, you know, it, where we're at right now, You know, every time we get some things going, it feels like, you know, then we stub our toe. You know, we give up the explosive run. Uh, We got to be better there. You know, we got to look hard at what we're doing. We're giving up too many explosive runs. Doesn't make sense to me. We got to be better, and it starts with me. I actually get that from Brent Pry. I know he's gotten a lot of flack recently, and yes, this is a results-based business, and 2-4 and building off of last year's 3-8 and campaign is not showing 
nearly enough results of what Virginia Tech fans expect, even with the transition out of the Justin Fuente era in an era where you see schools like TCU, obviously Coach Prime and Colorado uh, and what they do. We told you we coming. We told you we coming. You thought we was joking. But there's more than that. Duke with Mike Elko in their own backyard doing the same thing. So you're not settling for moral victories. I get that particular point from Brent Pry, the Virginia Tech head football coach. Because the reality is this team, at least they're trying to establish an identity, but it's one where you have to start fast, you have to be tough, you have to be smart, and you have to play that way the entire game because there is such a thin margin for success. Yeah, I think we had a couple of errant passes. We had a couple of drops, you know, some things that, that we got to be better at. We had a couple of penalties on each side that hurt us, um, you know, against a good team. I think, um, you know, as I said, uh, these guys in this locker room, in this program, you know, we know the team we can be, and we just got to practice smarter, play smarter, make people earn everything. That's a good recipe, and that's who we have to be right now. It sounds simple, but for Virginia Tech to say all those things after the victory or after the loss to Wake Forest that some people are pointing to as a moral victory because they covered the spread, I think if you're Brent Pry, that's kind of the message you have to deliver and you have to keep reiterating is you see things that you like, but you can't let a team get satisfied with, oh, we were good after we fell down 22 to nothing, or oh, we were good for parts of the game. Because at some point, the results have to transfer to actual victories. And that is something that we get to touch on next. When we give our votes of confidence, will it actually translate to more than moral victories, but to actual victories? Trey and I will make our projections next, plus chat with WSET's Dave Walls here in the Fast Lane.